ball in. Knocks it across by Walker. It's ball inside. It's in. The D have scored. An amazing winner that will be. Sprinting from the midfield. Georgian Nzanzi. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Up With The Bonnets podcast. I'm your host Danny Smith and joining me back again is a man who's on his way to becoming the most talked about Dundonian since Fast Eddie. It's none other than the Sam Miguel enthusiast, Paul Gray. Hello Paul. Hi there again, it's great to be back. <laughs> and it's good to have you back. Um, but we've not just got Paul, we have another guest this week. Uh, we welcome Rich's second favourite celebrity fan after Val McDermott. <laughs> From the Terrace podcast and a view from the Terrace on BBC Scotland, give to you Sean McGuigan. Sean, oh, there you all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Uh, I find could could have been better. Uh, yeah. Didn't didn't quite get the result I was hoping for. Although to be honest, I, I was more hopeful turning up for yesterday's game than 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 expecting. Uh, I actually went slightly better than I thought. I, I, I thought I might even in for a bit of doing, even though I know he's he's didn't perform very well last week. I, I watched the, the party game. I thought you were poor first half. You still could have sneaked a draw in the second half. And I, I thought if you kind of carried that kind of form into, into our game, then then it could have been a wee bit of, it could have been two or three, but actually it was it was more even than I, than I thought it might have been. And I definitely agree with that as well. Yep. Um, it was kind of looking like Dundee were going to run riot probably at the start, but then Wraiths just started coming back into it. And I, I think any other day, that could have been a Wraith one. You know, if it wasn't for our keeper, you know, making two brilliant saves in the first half and then made a great save in the second half as well, you know, it could have been, it could have been embarrassing. But you know, it says just grind out the one 0 one 0 win, and that'll do us very nicely. It was good to see the youngster Mulligan getting on the score sheet again. Mm-hmm. Um, John, we heard your podcast in the Terrace last week. Um, kind of went on about the Dundee youngsters. Uh, what did you think of them when you seen them? Uh, what did I think of Dundee? I, I thought in general yesterday, I was so I was I was impressed with Mulligan. Uh, I know I know Gary Cocker goes on about him. I, I think I think of all the young players, that's that's Gary's favourite, yeah. and I, I can see why he looks like a player, not just technically a, a good player, but but physically like good as well for somebody who's so young. I, I think physically he looks like he's he looks like he's got it. Uh, I, I thought in general that I, you kind of seen two sides to Dundee yesterday. I thought. As you have mentioned, I thought the first half hour Dundee were the better team, and I thought it was going to be a really tricky day. Rovers kind of grew into it towards maybe the tail end of the first half, and I thought the second half, Ian Murray, like I thought it was set up strangely. Uh, I thought to have like Kieran, uh, so Kieran and Gwenya, so that was his debut. Mm-hmm. Now bear in mind he's impressed on loan, so basically he's on loan for Aberdeen. That was yesterday was his debut. He's been on loan at Kelty. He's been on loan at Cove. And looked pretty good, but he is a defensive left back. He's not a left back that gets forward. He doesn't create chances. He doesn't get assists. He doesn't get on the score sheet. And he's, for what I can tell, for what I've seen of him, uh, and and his loan spells in the lower leagues, that just isn't part of his game. He just wants to defend, and and that's pretty much all he does. Mm-hmm. So to see him play in front of uh, Liam Dick, like on the left hand side of midfield. I thought it was unusual. And again, as much as he, he, he did create a chance, it might have been for Ethan Ross. It was a really good save for Harry yeah. Sharp in mm-hmm. the first half. Yeah. But I, I didn't really think that was working at all. And, uh, and Ian Murray changed that and brought on Dylan Easton. And at that point, we started to, not dictate things, but we were more on the front foot. Pushed 
uh, Dundee back had a bit of momentum about us, but even even though we were kind of dominating possession more in the second half, like Dundee were still created pretty good chances on the break. So, aye, as you say, on another day, the Rovers could have got something for the game. Maybe a point. Like if if we'd if we'd managed to sneak a win, I, I think that would have been. I don't think that necessarily would have been deserved. What I would say is, though, I'm probably I'm a wee bit more hopeful for Wraith after yesterday's game. Certainly more than I was out after the Cove game because I, I I thought we looked like we were in poor shape. And as a Dundee, I think if I was a Dundee fan, I'd be I'd be encouraged by what I saw yesterday to to, to a point. I think uh, we we've spoke on the terrace about Dundee. I think they've got the best squad. I think they've got the deepest squad. Like the fact that Dundee were able to name a full bench in the League Cup group stages, and like you had a lot of teams in Championship that were naming like one sub and two subs and three subs. Dundee had a full bench for as far as I saw it, as far as I noticed anyway, had a full subs bench for the for that and like quite a decent subs bench as well, which a lot of championship teams can't do. I do think if Gary Boyer is a, an astute appointment, then then you will win the league, I think. Uh, I, I do think there's elements of the team that isn't quite right yet, but the fact that you haven't made too many more too many signings so far would suggest that there's maybe still scope to to add to the squad. I'm not sure you'll run away with the division. I, I do think it'll be between yourself and Patrick Thistle, but I, he, as much as there was maybe slightly concerning aspects of yesterday from a, from a Dundee perspective, I, I still thought you merited the three points and I, I would still fancy us to win the league. Yeah, well, I think we've still got maybe another striker to come in. That number nine jersey's still not being claimed yet. Uh, I don't think you have a goal scorer. I don't think you have a, you have a goal scorer in the team. Uh uh, I like Zach Rudden and I think he he leads the line very well and I think he's a pest and I think he can uh, be that kind of link man between midfield and, and, and attack and I thought he'd done that very well yesterday. He's never really been a goal scorer throughout his career. He, he can score goals and he had a good first half of the season with Patrick Thistle yesterday. I, I didn't check back to see, how many, to see how many he got but he's never really had a season where he's consistently hit the back of the net and, mm. and he, he, he might do it this time, he might do it this season because like this feels like he's one of those he's one of those forwards where I think he's he is more than good enough. For, like I think he'll be one of the best strikers in the championship this season. But I do think he's one of those strikers where when he makes that step up to the top tier, that's where he seems to struggle. So I think the championship is is perhaps more of his level. I'm not saying he can't make the step up because because he certainly has certain abilities that that, that means he possibly can. But whether he's going to manage 15 goals, I, I'm not sure. And and if he doesn't, who will? You could be picked up another. Like another injury on Saturday, so that's concerning. Yeah. So goal scoring might be an issue for you. Is that, that if you can fix that, I think it's a bad sort of thing. Yeah, it looks like you could be actually being jinxed again with another injury at Dents. Uh, and it, it was going well for him. He's, <laughs> he's had a, an absolutely cracking uh, pre-season League Cup. Uh, scored four goals, and yeah, it was it was looking good. But I think a lot of Dundee fans were just waiting on him pulling up and holding his hammy or something, and, it, and it's happened. And yep. it just shows that we, and I think you're right about Rudden. I said last week in the podcast, we still need to bring in another striker or two. I think, like you say, Rudden holds the line well, but even when he hit the post, it mm. seemed easier to score, I think. Yeah. And and there's been games as well where he's had shots that, and there's been clear-cut shots that, again, he should be putting the ball in the back of the net, and it just seems to miss. He just seems to be a striker that does everything right, but then when he's given time, in front of goal, he'll no fluff his lines, but just put it past. I uh, actually didn't realise during the game how bad a miss that was. 
I mean, I know you could say it was bad luck because he hit the post, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was outside of the post. He had the entire goal to aim at. I he had to take it maybe a wee bit quicker than than he wanted to, but it, I, I hadn't realised at the time how bad a miss that was. You're right. Yeah, he yeah, should be burying that. He should have been burying that. When I, I, I was at the game and seen it and I thought, that's screaming a goal. Screaming. You know, we were all cheering that it was in the back of the net. And then about- just hitting the post, you're just... Because that would, for me, that would have been... That would definitely been game over. Yeah. Um, that would have been it. But when it's still staying as one one all, you were just... Uh, one nil, sorry. You were just thinking, Wraith are going to come back here and they're going to sneak it and... I mean, not going to lie, there was a few nervous uh, Dundee fans in the behind the goal, definitely. I was one of them. <laughs> I was just waiting on the inevitable last five-minute uh, equaliser, you know what I mean? But, yeah, he should have buried that. It's easier, easier to score. You were only celebrating freaking the score because you were like nine pints doing it at the time. <laughs> uh, how many was it? No, I think it was the usual standard five, you know? Standard five. Standard five, yeah. Well, a decent amount. That's all right. <laughs> Paul. Paul was lucky on Saturday. He won the raffle. He won. The, he's won the new Dundee top that he's wearing. Long sleeve one. Long sleeve, yeah. superb. I won a few other stuff, eh? So it was a lucky day for him. Well, I think new the only reason that I, the only reason that I think I actually won the stuff, the guy was like, right, this is the last draw, and I think he was just getting fed up with shouting out numbers, and nobody was going up collecting <laughs> stuff. So when I went up and I was like, all right, mate, yep, strips seventy-one to seventy-five, I think it was, and he was like, right, just take everything off that table. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's this boy standing there with a bag with a strip and an Amazon Kindle and fucking brilliant. Had a great day. He was wheel he was wheeling and dealing like bloody Del Boy on, on the chat last night trying to get rid of the stuff. Like I said to you, just sharing it, you know, sharing the love. That's it. You know, there's gonna be you know, there's some of the one of the boys in the chat, like his uh I'm gonna give a he's bearing a voucher for pin badges, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's gotta be done. It's gotta be done, you gotta share it. <laughs> But looking back at the game, um, one thing that kind of gets me worried for the season is Dundee at the back and the fact that we still haven't really gave a great performance in midfield mm-hmm. for the past couple of games. If we've got McGowan out, we're kind of kind of shite to be honest. Um, that's what this will be a feel. Uh, and at the back, we've still got the same, well, apart from uh, Tyler French, we've still got the same defence that got us up from the championship, but conceded like the, for most goals that season, and then got us relegated from the premiership. So mm. as much as it's good to find like Marshall, like Sweeney and Kerr could all do a job, I'm kind of at the point now that I want to see people coming in, reinforcements and people that can push these players out the team because I think Saturday highlighted that it sounds bad saying it but it I think we need that I think we need to kick up the arse because Dundee are good at gifting uh, opposition uh, teams goals and this is where it all stems from mm-hmm. definitely I think yeah. uh, I, I, what I would say to that is well, bear in mind that you've probably played so you've started the season as much as I don't think glad we'll, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get on to Wraith later but I don't think Wraith are very good however the one the one kind of facet of their team that is good is, is their midfield. Like there, there is quite a bit of talent in there, midfield-wise, uh, at the Rovers this season. And then last week you played Patrick Thistle, who, as I said, if anybody's going to run you close this season, it is going to be Patrick Thistle. And I, again, I think they have a bit of strength and depth as well. So I, I know you're, 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 in terms of your midfield, you might not come up against too many 
too many midfields between now and the mm-hmm. end of the first quarter that, that are as they've got as much talent in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think defensively, I I think maybe fullback wise, maybe similar to the Rovers, although your fullbacks aren't as bad as ours. Like maybe <laughs> fullback wise is might be a bit of a weak link, I suppose, in the team as well. Uh, but but you're right because you've you've brought in so few players. If there is scope to bring in anybody, then. I mean, we also say you need a goal scorer as well. So maybe, maybe you need maybe you need a defender, a midfielder, and a forward. But I, yeah. I, I still, I think you will do that. I think you will bring in players between now and the, the window closing. Yeah, uh, there's also uh, rumours here and there, and there's uh, eagle-eyed Dundee fans that go to the training ground, take pictures, and see boys. And next thing you can, the Wikipedia pages, it's like the Sherlock Holmes type stuff from from people <laughs> I'm finding out. And somebody found out uh, was it an MK Dons. Striker Jay Bird, never heard of him in my life. He's on trial. And I think I applaud that kind of detective work from the from people. Eh? But yeah, uh, we, we do. Hopefully, we still see what's it, 20 days, 20 odd days left of the transfer window. So we would hopefully we do strengthen because I think Saturday just kind of showed up to me that even though we have got, like you say, Sean, we've got a, a great bench, we've got a, young, a lot of young players who I feel like should be given a chance this season in the Championship because the, compared to other seasons, it's no the most, it's, it's no the best Championships, compared, the strongest compared to the, the rest of them. And I don't think Dundee will find a, a better time of trying to blood these youngsters who could make it in the team. But at the same time, you kind of have to have that balance between experience and uh, youth players playing at the same time. And I feel like we're kind of missing that in midfield. Um, I, I was going to mention that as well in terms of, and, and you've just touched it in terms of how strong the league is this season. Mm-hmm. So I know what you're saying that defensively you're a bit worried, midfield you're a bit worried. Strikers are a bit worried. And as much as I'm, listen, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that this Dundee team is is in the grand scheme of things a good team. However, I, I do think you've got enough. You, you possibly already have enough. Maybe to win this league, and it wouldn't take too many more quality additions to to to. I think almost certainly mean that you would be the clear favourites to, to to win the league because Partick maybe better than last season, maybe on paper. I think Inverness might have done okay in the summer. Certainly in the forward areas, they look they've got a, mm-hmm. got like a good bit of depth. Everybody else in the league, I think, has probably went backwards. Albeit mm-hmm. there's still time for them to, to make signings, but like Arbroath, probably your, your your best example, like what they've done. Or I suppose, well, what they did and what they almost did was was amazing last season. Mm-hmm. But bearing in mind so much of that success that Arbroath had last season that, that you obviously play next week was based on uh, their, their, their forwards. So Nubly, first half of the season, uh, Jack Hamilton, second mm-hmm. half of the season. They've not got anything, as it stands, they, they don't mm-hmm. have anybody that can do anything even remotely similar to what those two did last term. So unless Dick Campbell can bring in somebody on loan between now and the end of the season, I, I, I think Arbroath... Mm-hmm. Might, might be fine, but they'll be nowhere near as good as last season. And you can go through the entire league. Rovers, Air United, Hamilton, Morton. None of these teams are, are better than last season and are probably all weaker. So mm-hmm. I, I think as it stands, you're already in a decent position. And if you can bring in another one or two, then then you're laughing. I think last week just got me flapping a bit. The way Partick tore us apart because I think I said about Partick is obviously they've improved last from last season. They brought players in that are better than what they had, yep. but at the same time, I didn't feel like that's they've got enough to get, win the title. Obviously, they're just absolutely like 
popped off in about 3-0 at one point, but I still feel that way about them. Um, I think McCall's also got a habit of starting well with teams in leagues mm-hmm. and kind of drifting away, so there's always that as well. And um, Fissel fans just annoyed us last week with their Fissel is back <laughs> and everything as well. I just want to see them flounder <laughs> now. Um, a cracking own goal from them at the... Amazing, absolutely incredible. Right. That's incredible. That's what Scottish football is all about. Like, <laughs> I mean, I heard it was bad, and then I've seen it, and I thought that's an absolute cracker. It should be up like goal of the season or goal of the week <laughs> or something, just purely because of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we've still got a long way to go. Our owners, well, our owners, uh, was across Tim Keys at Saturday. He took in the game. He comes across every so often, so it was. Uh, Normally you hear that he's coming across, so he just kind of showed up with a neighbour, Kakodi, mm. from Texas. <laughs> um, so and then again, maybe kind of hoping that's him kind of across to sign off, maybe budget-wise or something. I know that there's been more documents put on the council website um, about the proposed new stadium, um, so probably something in that as well. But hopefully he's there to kind of uh, put some crosses on contracts and maybe give Boyer the boost that he needs in the transfer market, because mm-hmm. uh, obviously we still need to, we feel like we need it, but um, Sean, how, so we'll speak about Rovers for a bit, you lost John McGlynn, he's went down to the League One banter club, Falkirk. Mm-hmm. Um, and made them no better, it looks like. Which is a good laugh. <laughs> made them absolutely no better after Saturday. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, I can't urge a good side, but in that league, but 4-0, I mean, that, that club has dive bombed so much in the past few seasons but I mean you've lost him was that kind of bolt out the blue for years to lose him uh, no not, no for me so I, I think so I think fans were already fans were already a wee bit uh, unsure about whether to keep him or no I mean for, for two reasons one is the David Goodwillie situation uh, which obviously we've, we've kind of discussed in the past and mm. How how last season ended? I mean, I know we went on a, a brilliant run at the start of the, at the start of the season. I think it was fifteen games unbeaten, uh, something like something along those lines. Then we got to Christmas, and and you look at the second half of the term, uh, second half of the campaign. So we picked up seventeen points, I think, over the last eighteen games. Queen of South picked up the, the two teams that got relegated. That's only one point more than Queen of South and four points fewer than Dunfermline, the, the two teams that went then. That's how poor we were over the second half of the campaign. And as much as as much as McGlynn is is kind of revered by a lot of Ray fans, that is a that is a dreadful, dreadful run. So there was a lot of people I think he would have got away with a poor run. But adding a David Goodwillie situation and a, a lot of Rovers fans were like, wouldn't have mind if if he wasn't in the dugout mm-hmm. uh for the next season. So I was I kind of thought it was probably a good thing, but I was also very much aware of uh, how how do you replace him? It's all very well saying, well, maybe we do need a new man, but that but that next appointment needs to be a good one. I I was quite keen on Ian Murray coming in. I think the jury is out. Like he's he's left his recruitment very late. Like I'm, I'm struggling to believe that that bringing in a centre-half in Northampton who's 23 and barely played any senior games and an 18-year-old from Crewe who's played 11 games ever. I can't imagine that was his first-choice centre-half's targets. Maybe it is, maybe, maybe I'm, I, I, but I doubt it. Uh, so in terms of his recruitment, the jury's out. 
the fact that we made a pig's ear of a, a very easy looking League Cup section isn't great. We started the season with two losses. He, he's still got a wee bit to prove. So I, ah, but but to answer your original question, it wasn't necessarily a bolt for the blue. And funnily enough, there was a couple of points. So, so basically, in terms of view for terrace, we meet up on a Monday and we 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 all say what points we want to talk about when we when we film, and twice maybe between maybe February and March, I'd brought up the idea that I thought John McGlynn, that would be John McGlynn's last season at Starts Park and he would be a fantastic next Falkirk boss. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not just saying this. And I very really get predictions correct. Uh, but I was really, A, I was disappointed I never got to talk about it at the time. When I eventually became Falkirk boss, I was really annoyed because I would I, I might have looked slightly clever at the fact that I thought <laughs> it would be this in February or March. Uh, so no, I was surprised he moved on. Uh and to be honest, considering what had went on at Starts Park in the latter half of last season, it felt like it, it needed fumigated a wee bit. So mm-hmm. changes to the squad, changes to the management team, changes in the boardroom. I was I was keen for all of those things to happen. Uh, we'll see if it if on the park it helps matters. But no, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you went all about like the last six months. Uh, 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 that was mental. Like some of the interviews as well. We the chairman and. Uh, uh, yeah, it just seemed like when it was best to say nothing, mm-hmm. somebody said everything. Aye, <laughs> I, I, John Sim, uh, John Sim, I'd, I've met him uh, once. I went to the Starts Park and we kind of chatted for a couple of hours and, and it, they, was, they, 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 they seemed pretty friendly. I had a, had a, a nice evening where I'm just, just blaring about football. Uh, however, he's had a, a couple of interviews where his opinions are, uh, I don't know, interesting. Uh, for, for want of a better expression, and and you're right, he, he could have done because I just felt like after the after the furore of what happened, and then they brought out a statement which I think again John Sim come out with it, it didn't go down very well and rightly so, and then it kind of felt like we were just starting to kind of build bridges again with the fans uh, and and start to kind of repair some of the damage that had been done, and then John Sim came out with an interview in the in the Courier which. I almost felt like we were back to square one again. And it was like, why have you done this? Like, what a, a stupid, stupid thing to do. Uh, so, uh, you're right. Thing, things didn't go well. Uh, as, as, a, as embarrassing uh, as embarrassing an episode, I mean, it was humiliating. It was horrible. Uh, and uh, just a really disappointing time to be a... I mean, listen, you can you can be annoyed at, you can be annoyed at a, a, a defeat on a Saturday or you can be annoyed at a poor winner form, but... For a for a club to, to to sign a player who had that in his in his past, mm-hmm. after remember, this this had been rumored about three or four weeks previously, mm-hmm. and dozens and dozens of fans got in, in contact with the club and said, "Listen, if you do this, here's what the likely repercussions are going to be." What is the script? Really hope that's not the case. Uh, I I got in, in touch with the supporters liaison officer when the, when it was was first mooted, and a lot of people did. So they had fair warning. It wasn't yeah. as if they went, oh, I'm sure nobody will mind. They already had a warning for the fans that this was a dreadful idea. And the fact that they went ahead with it, aye, I mean, dreadful. A dreadful, dreadful episode. Uh, and and hopefully we can get them off the books soon because obviously it's still in the books. Uh, and then we can start to put it behind us. But aye, so disappointing uh, in, in so many different ways to... Like obviously the, the fact that it became a story in the newspaper again, and and obviously mm-hmm. the, the the woman that was involved, it was just just a horrible, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realise he was still on the books. 
be perfectly honest, I thought the contract had just been ripped up. <laughs> no, no. no. St- so I believe this. Uh, I believe the scenario is we're, we're, we're trying to come up, trying to come up with a payment and some kind of settlement that mm-hmm. that that all that all parties are 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 happy with. But uh, no, he's still uh, he's still on the books. Wow, what the heck? Yeah, maybe that's why you're signing Northampton boys on on loan or whatever. Well, I mean, I mean, listen, if, if you if you sign a player who is on, as far as I'm aware, decent money, then then he he is he is taking up a chunk of the budget. There's, there's no getting away from it. A, a chunk of the budget that would probably bring in one or two players. Yeah, yeah. So, I he's very much uh, he's very much affecting this season's budget. Through, through no fault of his, incidentally. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately that's that's Ray Rover's fault, uh, rather than Dave, David Goodwillie's fault in, in terms of this scenario. But but I, it's it's very much affecting us again this season. Your your loan signings scream a, a little bit like Dundee FC January window when we're getting relegated as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing, do, do you know something? The only thing, and I, again, I, I suppose I kind of alluded to this. I am I'm more hopeful. After yesterday than I was uh, after the the Cove defeat. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. That was because exactly the, the 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 Cove defeat kind of illustrated a, a number of things. Uh, we had a midfield that could create chances, but we didn't have anybody up front that could take them. Now, that's that's still the case. Jamie Gullen isn't a striker. We've got Kyle Connell on loan from Kilmarnock. Just a young guy. We'll see how that goes. I still don't think we have a striker, and that was evident at Cove. It was evident yesterday as well I felt however at Cove we couldn't defend either uh, we had one centre half in Ryan Nolan that, that came from Northampton who has been, has been okay it, you know something he's, he's not really made any mistakes he hasn't stuck out it's been particularly great but fine fine capable uh, I was slightly concerned at the fact we brought in young guy Conor O'Riordan from yeah. Crew 18 was worried about that one I actually thought yesterday was pretty good. I thought he was uh, really good. Yeah, ah, I was, gonna, I was actually going to bring him up. Yeah, consider how young good. he is. Consider how young he is. Consider how few cool. games he has under his belt. Uh, I, I was worried about him, based on ultimate. Well, based on admittedly just ninety minutes. It feels like he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm now less worried about the defensive side of things, uh, but definitely. Definitely in the forward areas, there's a real struggle there. Like there's no goals in this team, so unless he's able to rectify that before the, the end of the window, I, I'm still a wee bit worried, but less worried than than losing two 0 to Cove, a team, a team that let's face it, are nowhere near as good as last season. The fact they've lost Rory McAllister, the fact they've lost mm-hmm. Harry Milne to Partick Thistle, and as much as the Rovers looked okay against them in the first half, Cove were worthy winners based on the second half. So so that really worried me. Running Dundee close, fine. Mm-hmm. Cove's a team that I want to see crash and burn pure because Jim McIntyre's the manager. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Anything he touches, I just want like that to go in flames. Yep. What, uh, what, what, did you, what did you dislike about him more? His, his tenure at Dundee or the fact he'd done... Did he know... Was he no wheeled out at Tannadice mm-hmm. a few weeks after leaving Dundee? Yeah. That has made that up. No, no that no. was that's true. Yep. That is, that's true. I think it's pretty much just... Everything, and I'll just agree, <laughs> I'll just agree with Danny. I think he scored. Yeah. He scored in a uh, in a derby the season we went doing like two thousand and four five. I think it was one all, and I think we were playing not too bad. And a draw would have been well for us. And then he picked up a scored in the last minute, and basically kind of kind of floundered and got pumped for other teams and went down. But I think that was kind of like one of the tipping points for us going down. <laughs> so he plays for United. He does that. Um, 
with a point on him. He gets us relegated without a fight. Um, and then, like you say, a week later, he gets asked to come out at Tarandice. Um, we're doing like a Legends thing, I believe. A hero's uh, welcome. Yeah, the heroes, yeah, I was going to say that. No shame. There was people that won the league with United in 83 that came out and he got a bigger cheer than them. Frick. Absolutely. Uh, I said last week as well that I would gladly move my season ticket to the back of the main stand at the way dug up just to boo him. I wouldn't even bother about the match. We'll just boo him constantly for 90 minutes. No love lost there. Definitely not. Definitely not. John, I was going to ask you as well, the... One, one thing that happened, Christoph Berreff retiring at the time he did. That was a, a, a really weird one. I've not read up much about it, but has anything else been uh, like happened when it did? So, interesting. Uh, I, 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 suppose we'll never, I suppose we'll never really know exactly what happened. And I suppose you have to, I suppose you have to take everything at face value, I suppose. What I would say is in terms of the build-up to it. So, obviously... Kyle Benedictus left. As far as I'm aware, as far as I'm aware, we offered Kyle Benedictus a new deal on the same... Uh, I believe McGlynn was actually still here at this point. We offered Kyle Benedictus a new deal. As far as I'm aware, it might not be true. And it was on essentially the same money that he was already on. Uh, he turned that down and presumed that we would come back to him with something else, which never materialised. As far as we were, Ian Murray just didn't really... just didn't get back to him. So he decided to move on. Uh, I, I think the firm's on. I think the firm had offered him a, again a decent deal in over two years. So I'm not sure if the sticking point was the duration or, or the length of the deal or the actual how much it was. I'm not sure, but uh, he he was hoping to get something better from us, and that never materialised. I believe the same thing also happened with Frankie Masonda. So mm. again, I believe we offered him a deal. He rejected it was open to, to negotiating and that didn't happen. What I would say is I, I think if you look at the, the guys that we've we've brought into the squad, it'll be players that are on quite good wages. Like I'd imagine Benedictus was on something decent. Musonda was probably on something okay. Berra would be well paid. You've got Sam Stanton. Ethan Ross came in for Aberdeen. Jamie Gulling came in for Hibs. There was a load of clubs after Dylan Eason, but we got them. Like these guys for the championship will be well paid. So Maybe we're maybe we're no willing to push the boat out quite as much. Uh, <laughs> however, presumably Benedictus and Musonda weren't chased by the Rovers because they thought Berra was still there. Or well, they knew. Well, they mm. thought they knew that Berra was going to be there. Uh, and of course, we still got Tom Lang to come back, but he had an ACL last season, so he won't be back till later in the year. So the players thought they maybe just needed to bring in one or two. Scott Brown can fill in at centre-half. Mm. Turns out he, he can fill in at centre-half, but quite poorly. So that didn't really work either. <laughs> it was interesting in the League Cup section. So, so Ian Murray has, has made no secret of the fact that he wants the team to play high up the park and he wants them to play uh, football from the back quickly. And he wants them to play a high line. Now, Christoph Berra... I, I liked him last season. I, I, I thought he, certainly the first half of the season, really good. Got an injury, came back, not not quite as sharp. And, but I, I was hoping, albeit I appreciate he's, he's not getting any younger, I was hoping he would, after pre-season, he would come back looking as good as he did at the start of last season. He, he struggled. He struggled in the League Cup group section. Uh, that draw against Stirling Albion, he was at fault for the goal. Didn't have a very good game in general. And Ian Murray came out after the game and said that, 
very difficult to basically put the blame on the defence uh, in terms of like the, the game plan didn't work because the defence played too deep, they were too slow, uh, passing out for the back wasn't quick enough. But the thing is, every single thing he mentioned, it wasn't the back four. Every single thing he mentioned was Christoph Berra. <laughs> now, ah. maybe Christoph Berra didn't hear that interview or didn't watch it, I don't know. But you're also presuming that Ian Murray is saying roughly these the same things in the dressing room as well. I mean, he's, he was very honest in terms of what he said to, to Race TV after the game. Presumably, he's also saying it in the dressing room. Whether Berra is, is taking umbrage at that, I, I don't know. Uh, he said in an interview after he retired that he, he said after the after that game, after the Stanabi game, to Ian Murray that he was resigning. Ed resigning, that he was retiring. So two weeks before it became official, he'd already told the club that that was his intention. It seems a strange thing to do when, like, he knows fine well that that leaves us with nobody. Mm-hmm. It's like we didn't have any fit centre-halves when he retired. Mm-hmm. I presume that he would have, even if he wanted to do that, he might have said, listen, I'll stay till the end of August and I'll help out until you can bring other defenders in. But, like, the fact that we started that Cove game with... Uh, Ryan Nolan, who came in from Northampton, who I think arrived on the Friday, Thursday night or Friday. So he'd mm-hmm. had almost no opportunity to, to meet anybody at the club. And Scott Brown, who's a central, like a decent central midfielder, certainly not a decent centre-half. I mean, we were really, really short. Uh, so so why did he do that? Like, as, like, did he do it because he was pissed off? Mm. Or did he do it, which according to his interview, he just did it because he felt he was not up to it anymore. Yeah. Who knows? I, I I thought it was weird. Uh, but yeah. again, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But it certainly left us in the lurch. There's, there's no getting away from it. Yeah. I mean, even if he was, I mean, he looks like the type of boy that could drop into League One or League Two and probably still do a job, eh? But he probably has heard Murray's interview and been, ah, fuck this. You've flown I mean, under you know, the bus. <laughs> I, I, think he's like, I think he's probably thought to yourself, I, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this season. Like, mm. if Rovers are wanting to play a high line if the Rovers are wanting to play football out for the back, that isn't what Christoph Berra does. It's not really what he's ever, what he, what he's ever done. Like Christoph Berra can, he can tackle and he can kick the ball hard and he can header at miles. And that's all he really wants to do. Like he kind of wants to defend his penalty box. Mm. He, I don't think he could do what Ian Murray wanted them to do mm-hmm. or wanted wanted all of the defenders to do. So that, that was always going to be an issue. And actually, I kind of thought that he would, that he would have been moved on. I thought uh, with the rumours that were coming out that, that maybe all was not well between the two of them, that, that maybe if another championship club or a League One club, like Falkirk, like Falkirk have got hundreds of centre-halves. They're all injured, obviously, because that's that's what John McGlynn does to, to your entire squad. <laughs> but I thought somebody like maybe a, a decent League One club or somebody else in championship might have might have taken them on because I didn't really think Ian Murray fancied them. I didn't anticipate them. I didn't anticipate them retiring on the eve of the season. Really surprised at that. It was sad to see Dundee's former number seven hang up the boots. <laughs> <laughs> he was good at he was he was good at Dundee, though, wasn't he? I, I haven't just yeah. made that up. I, he yeah. came in and kind of settled things. Yeah, yeah he I, think, yep. I didn't think Paul. I can't remember. Whenever I didn't think we lost the match, and we only conceded a few. But yeah, for somebody solid. that yeah, he was obviously off the pace at Hearts and causing uh, them a few goals when he came to us. But um, when he did come to us. But, Thought he was fantastic. Yeah, he still had that wee feeling. Oh, is he going to muck up here? But he never. Um, he was. He was pretty solid. Um, One of the best number sevens we've had for quite some time. 
<laughs> I enjoyed him when he was at Dens, and like he says, I think he just kind of showed up the defence, you know, um, you know, experienced head on him, and that was that kind of what Dundee needed at that point. But yeah, I'm quite surprised at the retirement side of things myself. When I, I read that article, when he said he's kind of basically like his heart wasn't in it anymore. But I don't know, I don't know, Sean. I mean, bear in, bear in mind as well that six weeks before he retired, he was made a coach. Oh, I never knew that. Never and knew and that. you look at the you look at the his interview when he was when he became a coach and he was he was kind of complimenting the management team at that point who'd only just arrived. I think Ian Murray had only been there maybe a couple of weeks at that point. Uh, he was very complimentary about them. He said he was really looking forward to working with the first team squad and and delighted to be uh, delighted to be named a coach. And it was like a new chapter to go for that. And then saying, right, I'm, uh, that's me in the space of six weeks. It's just. Nah, something's happened weird. there, yeah. Something's uh, happened. It was there, weird, and, and and I know, like, like it's 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 like, well, it's not just football fans. It's like everybody, like we, we it's almost like we look at things and we want there to be more than meets the eye mm. sometimes, <laughs> and and maybe there isn't. I don't know, but it was it was a it was a strange a strange situation. Yeah, well, more meat to the bones. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> untasty like that. <laughs> but before we move on, Sean, um, I'm going to ask you. So how? What's your kind of prediction for Rafe this season? Do you see yourself playoff spot or fighting I, to get I, the playoff spot? No, I think we'll be nowhere near. Genuinely, I think we'll be nowhere near. I think we are in a clutch of clubs that could be uh, struggling to stay in the league this season. And, and even, so I remember the, like, the very, very first League Cup game was Peterhead and we beat them 6 0, and it was 6 0 going on 10. And I mean, Peterhead were a shambles, but Rafe looked good. Even after that game, I left Starts Park and I was like, we still need another four signings. We still need to bring in four good players. And if we do, then I, we can maybe think about pinching fourth. But if we bring in, or, or if we don't bring in anybody, or we bring in three or four and they're not any good, then equally I could see us struggling to stay in the division. As I've said, this, the bulk of that squad is still the team that was rancid last term. Feels like we're no as strong uh, and as much as there's teams, other teams in the division that can maybe say the, say the same, I, I kind of look around the league and I think, right, Dundee, for me, favourites. Partick Thistle, I think I'll be there or thereabouts. That's the two. If they're going to be a title race, it will surely be those two. I like the look of what Inverness have done in the summer. So right away, there's your top three for me, anyway. I don't think our broth as good as last season, but they've still got a decent, a decent squad. Uh, they're a striker away from being a, a, a good championship team. If they don't get that, then they'll be there or thereabouts for fourth. Queen's Park, I've got a, probably a decent start in 11. Uh, it feels like that's your top five. The next mm-hmm. problem is, so that leaves you Wraith, Cove, Hamilton, Morton, and I'm missing somebody else. So but air. there feels there air. Yeah. Feels like there's not that much between any of those teams. No. And I don't see like I don't see any of them being like like as much as I think I don't think Cove or anything starting this season aren't as good as, as as last time around when they won League One. They still beat us quite comfortably. Like, I, I don't see like like generally in other seasons you're like like you see Aloha, for example, a couple of years ago. They were rubbish. Like they won about three or four games. So you knew that they were going to finish bottom. Yeah. I don't see anybody that is, you can say, oh, they're miles worse than the Rovers. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely finish above them. 
I know. I, I think we'll be bottom half of the table. And my concern is there's like a fag paper between those five teams. So I, if we sign somebody who can score goals, then I think we'll have enough about us to stay up. That midfield is decent. Jamie McDonald's a decent keeper. Mm. Defensively, it looks like we've, we're, we're better than we were a week or two ago. But no, I'm no confident at all about this season. I mean, I know that obviously we're only two games into the league, but I, I was having a wee look at, so I mean, obviously Cove beat, Cove beat yourselves last week and then, but then they got beat from Morton. Um, Queen's got a good draw at Inverness and then they get pumped from air at home. You know, Hamilton two draws, one alls. And then you have a look at the league and it's, I mean, it's already tight after two games. So I don't think, like you said it like earlier, I don't think there's going to be any team that's just going to romp it. And I don't think there's any team that's going to be languishing on five points come Christmas. You know, I think it's going to, but that league's always been like that. It's always been a tight league. But I think this, looking at it early doors, this could be one of the tightest, I think. Definitely. I I think so. No, I I think you're right. And uh, and, and I agree. I I don't think, like, it's not like, it's not like previous seasons where it's like, you have like Dungeon United in it or Hearts or whatever. They just absolutely squish it. No bother at all. Nobody's going to run away with it. Uh, and I don't see anybody getting detached at the bottom, which from a from an excitement perspective, mm-hmm. brilliant. Uh, but I'd, I'd probably rather there was like at least two teams that I thought were absolutely stinking, so that I know we would at least finish eighth. But I'm uh, no, I am I am tentatively concerned about this season. Don't <laughs> Sean. There's still time for Hamilton and Morton to implode, <laughs> especially Hamilton. Especially Hamilton. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, we're going to move on and speak about more stuff about Dundee. So, um, well, uh, we'll, we'll bid you farewell. But um, I'm just going to say thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah. Also, we've got a mutual acquaintance in Gary Cocker, and he's a uh, filled me in, and you've got a wee soft spot for the D. So, <laughs> yeah. Judging by that last terrace podcast, Gary, uh, definitely do. G- Gary's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> You told me you would uh, enjoy to come on to, uh, coming on here to speak about Dundee defeating your lot. So, <laughs> no, listen, thank you very much for having me. I've had a, I've had a lovely time. Thank you. No problem, mate. And maybe get you on next time, unless you just beat us. Then you're at the <laughs> yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed, but I can't see it. But thank you. <laughs> no problem, Sean. Catch you later, mate. Appreciate Take care. That. Thank you. Right. Well, Paul, what will we move on to speak about? Oh, I don't know, Daniel. What would you like to talk about? <laughs> I'm going to give you the floor because you're now my co-host. Oh, yeah. Updated. I think this, this part's going to be the part that's edited, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know. What should we speak about? I think we should probably speak about the uh, our growth game coming up. Yes. Friday night under the lights. BBC Cannot Scotland. wait. Cannot wait. Yeah, I think that's... Well, looking at, like... Uh, obviously, looking at our growth, like I was saying, they've... Uh, what is it? Two draws, zero mm-hmm. goals, nil nils galore. <laughs> so they're bound to, they're bound to obviously want well need to obviously score a goal. It's probably going to be against us. But <laughs> uh, no, I was, I was having a quick look at their squad and that, and their squad's ancient. I mean, you've got like <laughs> it is. I mean, like look. So I've got a wee list here: Bobby Lynn, thirty-six; Jason Thompson, thirty-five; the keeper Gaston, thirty-five. Now you've got that Nicky Lowe, he's I think he's 30, 31. So the, the, I think they're gonna struggle with our with a young team, like definitely. I mean Nicky all Lowe's our boys. Like 31, is he? Is he 30, 31? It's something like he's, that. 
He's got to be older than that. I've well, there he are. Maybe he is older, but I thought he was about 30, 31. I'm um, checking this. But I think we should be... Look, it was yeah. 30. 30? Told you. I told you. I, f- I thought he was ancient. Yeah, so I think Dundee should be... Well, Dundee should be going to run them ragged. Like, literally run them ragged. Let, get them do the running, like, all the time uh, throughout the game and just knacker them. <laughs> and then just absolutely destroy them. But is it going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um... But I mean, like you look at that game, you know, against Wraith there. I mean, Dundee showed that they can get an early goal and then grind out the the one 0 win, which mm-hmm. I think we're going to see that near enough every single game this season because teams will set up to. Like I feel like a broken record at times, you know. I mean, teams are going to set up to, you know, with eleven men behind the ball, and it's up to us to break them down. We broke Wraith down. We should have been out of sight probably before half time. Um, but we'll, we'll basically we'll see how this one goes. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to this game. What about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, I know what you mean about they've got an agent squad and uh, like Sean touched on there, they've lost goal scorers and that's mm-hmm. what they've not got. Bobby Lynn scored a, a good few crackers uh, mm-hmm. over the preseason on League Cup, but yeah, I, I don't think you'll be seeing. Uh, that I broke for last season. No, definitely not. Friday. Definitely. Well, that... well, touch wood, you know what I mean? Um, no, nah, I just hope we can just, again, I'll say it all the time and I'll say it to the day I die. If we get a 1 0 win and it's scrappy, I'll take it. But I must admit, sitting through that race game, you know, at 1 0, it wasn't good for the. It wasn't good for the heart, like, because <laughs> you <laughs> stressed it and not absolutely stressed it and not thinking that they're going to just sneak it. And like I was saying earlier, I think there was a few Dundee fans around me as well that kind of felt that way as well, because the singing all the way through the game and it kind of started to die down maybe about 20 minutes. But then, mm-hmm. you know, because I think a few folk were getting nervous, like I was saying, but then they perked it back up. Um and it was great to see Mulligan in his interview after the game going on about the fans. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, Boyer spoke about it, but it was great hearing Mulligan going, look, the fans there gave us that push, you know, to keep going, you know, the last 15, the last 20 minutes to actually see the game through. Which, hearing a young laddie coming out and saying that, like, it, I thought it was absolutely class, like, absolutely quality. Yeah, uh, that's one thing. The fans on Saturday, tremendous. Brilliant. Um, the start of the season... Crowds have been low. Mm-hmm. There has been a good back in for the people that have went, but you just feel like if we lost supporters from what's happened last season, mm-hmm. and I kind of thought that when the league, I wasn't wanting to say it, but I kind of thought that when the League Cup was going on. But fast forward to the first home game of the season, like what, five, just under 5,000 Dundee fans there? Yeah, which, I think it was five and a half in yeah. total. Like, yeah, yep. I think maybe Partick had 550, 600. So mm-hmm. we're looking at near enough 5k Dundee fans there. Fantastic. And if we never went 3 0 down, you would have saw a different atmosphere. But mm-hmm. to see the backing that we got from the, the fans on Saturday and um, even like looking, watching back the game and you hear on the highlights the the, the fans singing and especially the selfie section getting uh, going and, and banging the, the drums videos. and that it was yeah. great it was great and, and yeah, I mean yeah that's fantastic to, to see and that's what Boyers gave up all to the fans 
and this is the fans giving him it back. Mm-hmm. So it's brilliant to see. And even like you see, you see videos on YouTube, fans going up the train stations and oh, I was, I was there. <laughs> I was there. Um, I think it was the quarter to six train back from Kirkcaldy, but it wasn't even just like it was. I don't know, it was maybe, what was it, five carriages or that? But the carriage we were in, there were just tons of guys uh, singing songs. There was even these Burns, like, singing songs. Like, there was, I think there was three or four Burns. I can't even remember the song that they were singing, but I was pissing myself. Like, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, and then coming off the train and just, you know, a big squad away, like, going through the train station, it was class. Uh, obviously, a few people jumped on it saying it was a minter and whatnot, but it was, I, I loved, loved being involved in it. I thought it was class. It was taking me back to my youth, you know? <laughs> nah, never a minter, mate. Never a minter. Nah, Especially when it's back in, back in the the team. Um, it's class, absolutely yeah. class. It's good to see that coming back into the Dundee support, though. Definitely. I think the, the that's been missing for seasons now, and because uh, like, you were getting you were getting fed up going to games because, like, you know, you'd be sat next to the folk that are you know just negative, like constantly. You know what I mean? Um, so having the boys banging the drums, I mean, it's great because it drums them out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I could be one in the Bobby Cox. Uh, yep, number one. Um, but no, nah, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, like I said, it's a great atmosphere before the game as well. You know, in that um, the Kirkcaldy Rugby Club. I thought it was, it was just, and it was class meeting. You know, like loads of other boys that are you know in the group chat and that. Like um, it was just obviously you know, winning the raffle, but put the raffle aside. Um <laughs> no, nah, it was just class like meeting people, everybody just had a good there was just a good vibe about the place and that. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of optimism um, you know, going into the game. And I mean the early goal, you know, that kind of just made it go even louder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I just wish Dundee had got that second um and just put the game to bed because I think if it if we'd got the second, I think they would have crumbled like I definitely think they would have crumbled. Yeah. I think though looking at that game it's the type of performance and result that we needed after the Pavtic game Definitely. but now obviously we're speaking about playing against Abdroof we should now be looking at a good performance and a good result now we've mm-hmm. got the let's, we've been beat let's just get a win and now we've moved on to let's get a win but let's do it good let's do it not fancy but let's give the fans something, because I think we'll get a good crowd on, on Friday, mm-hmm. purely because it's a Friday night, fair enough it's on the TV, but it's Friday night, boys will be going to the pub before yep. and after. Straight after work, and, you know, brilliant. There's that, that excuse just to get to the pub. Straight um, away. So, um, yeah, I think Friday is when we have to show what we're capable of as a team. Um, I, I know that at the start of the pod, I'm kind of, I'm probably the person that panics, off a wee bit of a couple of bad performances or you know, mm. bad, bad second half, or no up to scratch, but I still do think we need players in these positions. Mm. Um, even if it is just to give people competition. Yeah, that's made get out of my head because you know I didn't really want to go on about him again, but I just think we need a left back <laughs> to challenge Marshall. I mean, yeah, he's you know he's putting a cross for the goal, brilliant, but there was a couple of instances, you know positional you know sense was all over the place you know mm-hmm. he was letting boys get a goal side up you know and it mm-hmm. was it, and it was and a lot of their stuff was going down the right side you know towards him basically um obviously their right hand side anyway but um i think we need somebody there definitely just a challenge mm-hmm. um and kind of keep him on his toes a wee bit but i mean like you're saying Marshall, I mean, Marshall can date though Marshall can can 
when you see nobody first time for us, so maybe it is that Great. he needs that he needs that we kick up the arse and like, this so. boy's been brought in. I'll need to up my game a wee bit. Yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely a player there. I just don't know. I, I'm just a bit worried because I think you know, I think teams are looking at that area as thinking you know that could be Dundee's weak link here, um, and it's been exposed um, or was exposed exposed against Partick, and then mm-hmm. it was nearly exposed yesterday as well. So. Yeah, I like I, I like him. I know a lot of other people like I say don't like him, but he's definitely just needing, like you says, that that kick up the arse. Yeah. Um I mean, wonder why I've went into kind of hushed tones just now with other text messages from my wife telling us to keep the noise down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm shouting too loud. Alright, <laughs> oh, okay. But we're gonna look at I'll look at some of the stats we are both. So this will be the thirty-eighth time we've met them. This is just useless. This is like virgin material here that I'm going to rattle here. But I'll try something different. So, this will be the twenty-first game at Dens Park against Abruff in the league. We've won seventeen and only lost three of them. So, mm. my jinx in it by saying this, or have you got when the I... last defeat was? Or... I certainly have. It's just just a click away because there's this good website called the D Archive that you can go onto and find out. Yeah, I've heard it was uh, created by a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) A (laughs) table. Big style. (laughs) So, last time we were beat by a bro was 1979, May the 6th. At Dens. At Dens, yeah. We've definitely jinxed it now. (laughs) That's records getting broken all over the place here. Yep, definitely. Help. I might act, I might actually have the team for any old old listeners that are on. Oh, Billy Perry, Jim Shearer, Ian Redford, Sinclair, Glenny, Ali Donaldson. <laughs> Seventy nine, he he was about for ages. That's for some of the older lot that you'll know. That was way before my time. Uh, minus before six. my time, yeah. More man on them. Six. <laughs> but there we go. That's uh how good a record we've got against them. So Long may it continue, um, obviously. But I mean, I, again, I say it all the time: they're they're no mugs, are both. I mean, I know I've just no. went, yeah, their team's ancient, but bags of experience. I know they do have a couple of wee youngsters in there as well, so it could be dangerous. It could be. I, I don't really want to think of it as a banana skin, but I think Dundee should be going into that game confident that they're going mm-hmm. to win. Um, I mean, obviously, with the disappointment of the Partick game, you know, it was imperative that we got that win on Saturday and we did we kept the clean sheet and again Harrison Harry Sharp man three from what I remember three brilliant saves like brilliant saves so fair play to him as well yeah. um, I know Mulligan got man of the match because he was well he's fucking brilliant as usual but um, Mulligan probably Mulligan <laughs> uh, Mulligan would just been the man um, but I probably would have gave it to Sharp for his saves thought he was excellent like he's kicking a bit ropey but um, now nah, you those saves, yeah, that, I think they potentially won us the game. Like, eh, sharp. I've not got any quarrels about him. Like you say, he's kicking. It's probably the only thing. He's only what, he's twenty one. He's twenty one yeah. or something. I think probably he's kicking shite because we didn't have uh, Bobby Geddes there anymore. <laughs> Bobby Geddes. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, oh. but fair fair play to him, you know, fair play because I mean a lot of people will be watching him and they'll probably want to criticise him. Um just because he's a young lad, he's easy target, but he, I thought he was I thought he was exceptional on Saturday. Really did. 
even when he lost the ball and slipped. I couldn't believe and, that, man. Uh, but he done well to recover and put the yeah. ball off. Yep. Um, Boy should have scored. Who was that? Uh, Ross. Was Ethan Ross? Ross. Yeah, Ethan like Ross. That. Yeah, he should have buried that. Um, but, mate, I was saying that actually before the game and actually at half time. They were watering that pitch like mad. Like, mm-hmm. And I was sitting thinking, why are they even watering this pitch? I, I didn't get it. It's a synthetic one. I don't know. But it was, it was mad. Absolute madness. Like the amount of... The amount of water that they were spraying on that half time and before the game, mental. So it was inevitable it was going to happen. Well, I think the players have said that they'd have enjoyed playing on it either. No, nah, I wouldn't either. Not a chance. Nah. Not a chance. The pitches are hope, absolutely dreadful. So we'll be, hoping. <laughs> so we'll be hoping for Dundee win. Rudden has to get a goal. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he needs a goal. Yeah. Definitely needs it. Needs it for his confidence, one hundred percent. I mean, I mean, look at Jakubiak. You know, we were all saying he was shite. You know, start of the season, but then he gets a goal, and then he gets another and another. And you're thinking, right, this boy's getting the confidence. It's just crap that he's got his injury now. Uh, which, by the looks, things on the what Boyer saying, it's it's the hamstring. Great. Um, so Rudin obviously needs to step up, but I'd be. I'd maybe be inclined to stick that Robinson on as well. Like um, up, he seems to throw himself about. Um, mm-hmm. Thought he was decent when he came on again. Uh, thought he was better um, Saturday than what he was when he came on against Parrick. Um, so I'd, I'd, again, I said that last week. You know, I would. I wanted Dundee to play two up top um, against Wraith. Uh, I'd want to see them play two up top against Arbroath as well. But none mm-hmm. of this four four two three one kind of. Thing I would just be going four four two, man. Definitely. I think he'll him again back in. Definitely. I think he'll go with him though, but I think he'll hear one up top. Mm-hmm. And you, again, you didn't want that, but I think that's what he'll do. One mm-hmm. up top, but he's got him again in, kind of playing behind or on the left. Yeah. But this I, could I be... thought that I thought that was strange. Him, he was on the bench. He didn't start against Wraith, did he? I think he did. Mm-hmm. Was there no comment for the manager about players no up to it or feeling yeah. up to it or something? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They didn't want to put two and two together and think he's meaning him, but when you do see that and he's been a big part of the season so far and then he's not playing the next game, you do kind of think to yourself, was it him? But I didn't think he'd played too bad. I thought no, it was I thought tactical. Was, yeah, tactical. I thought that as well. Um, maybe it's a pitch. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. he wasn't keen on playing on that kind of pitch against Queens. Have got that pitch, do they know? Or when when um, at that Oakleview Stadium, I'm sure it was that kind of pitch as well, was it not? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just no comfortable on it. Could just be something daft like that. Um, Hope not, because then you've got your Hamiltons as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. There's a good few of these um, synthetic pitches kicking about in this this mm-hmm. league, unfortunately. Yeah. Actually, another thing I was thinking about that game, um, that race game. Did you watch watch it back? Yeah, yeah, you watched it back. Um, Paul, you can me, you can me. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just, I was just trying to make you sound like you'd done some prep, you know, for the listeners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just want to give you a nod and a wink. But anyway, um, but I remember in the, I totally forgot about it until I watched it on the highlights again. But I feel Dundee should have had a stonewall penalty in the second half when um, I think. I can't remember the defender. It was number number four. He's named Milner or something. Millen. And he just barged barged through Mulligan. Ball got dinked into the box. And Mulligan was just the way to 
nestle into the net and the boy just went through his back um and then after after a wee bit of, you know a wee stramash and the ball went out for a corner you seen mulligan actually going up to him and giving giving him a push which i thought was class eh? made him made him love him even more but again but i didn't think the referee had a I think the ref had really much to do. I thought he actually did pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But that, but he missed. I don't know how he missed that though. I thought it was an absolute Rick Waller. <laughs> Rick Waller, <laughs> absolutely. So do you think we might see any new signings? Uh, again. I don't think so. No, I really don't. Unless it's Jay Bird. I mean, did I thought I seen somebody going on about it that he'd already left the club? But I don't know. I don't know. I'm knowing the know all that kind of stuff. But um, no, nah, I don't so, think there'll be anybody coming in like. Somebody said that he had, then somebody said that he, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll just go on the notion that he's still there, just purely because we spoke a bit more already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll just kind of voice the same as you. You know, it's definitely need a striker, and like Sean was saying as well, and we need a goal scorer. Um, obviously, they're needing a goal scorer, but. Fuck Rafe. Um, but yeah, we're definitely needing a goal scorer. And like it says, I'd, I'd like to see a fullback come in. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Even just, you know, a player that can play left and right back or, you know, and comfortable in both positions just to put, you know, Kerr and Marshall under a wee bit of pressure. Uh, obviously, they, they just need to keep their game up, you know, or need to up their game a wee bit uh, to obviously stay in the team. Especially Marshall, but that's all I'm going to speak about. Marshall, that's it. No more. People think I'm out to get him. <laughs> Got him from? No, definitely not. Like I says, I thought I think he's a good player. He's just think going to be a bit lax, but I think he'll get back into it. The people listening to this, they'll just see your voice. I can see your face though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's basically all on the football front. Eh? Um, I said I would uh, give the community trust a wee plug. They're doing their Dundee cult walk. Uh, mentioned it to Paul. I says, let's do it. Let's do it. He went any bother. I said, 21 miles, 26 miles. He's at. Nah, fuck that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I mean, here, yeah, I know fine well I wouldn't be able to do that. Like, I would need to do a wee bit, like, probably months of training uh, to get the knees back up to scratch, basically. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to be able to do it. But, and I, when you text us, it was, oh, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Oh, class, so how do we look about it? And yeah, 21, was it? I thought it was about 26 miles, was it? 26, yeah. Something daft like that. And I was like, yeah. nope, nope. Uh, I remember one of my pals told me he went on a, a walk that was basically 25 miles and he was like, the last five miles he was hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> he put his body through that much, you know, pressure. I had no, no chance, no chance. You'd be hallucinating <laughs> thinking you've got pints in your hands and all that. Oh, no, I'd have them in my bag. <laughs> I didn't think there's been much news about Dundee this week um, though I'd like to say congratulations to Sean Byrne he 100% doesn't listen to this podcast but him and his wife just announced that they're going to hear um, a, a little one um, so congratulations oh, well done. to them Brilliant. Well done. Um, they've yeah, already got a, a daughter <laughs> they've already got a daughter that he posts about quite a lot um, That's so class. it's good to see another addition to the Byrne family uh, I think a very family orientated thing about them all. It's lovely, eh? So I've uh, over the moon for him. So, like, see, if he does listen to it, then fair play. Um, but like, see, he probably doesn't. So, actually, you know what? I totally forgot about him actually going off yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. going off injured as well. I totally forgot about that. Fucking heck. 
because he did let up your rasping challenge on one of the boys. He got booked for it and then he limped off. So that 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 didn't look good either. Um, saying that, I've kind of been kind of you know saying that he's been going missing and stuff in games and that. But I thought he was actually playing really well against Wraith. He was just controlling it, yeah. mm-hmm. just sitting there in that pocket and just controlling things. Um, and one of the things I noticed like was how much he was celebrating Mulligan's goal. Like he was like absolutely loving it, eh? like punching the mm-hmm. air and everything. I thought. It was I, I love seeing that, yeah. Just love seeing that. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think but everybody's yeah, behind Mulligan. Oh, definitely. That's, yeah. I think it's just like. I, we should just call this Mulligan it. podcast. <laughs> we should be getting him on. Let's get him on. <laughs> Come on, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, uh, well, I'm hopeful, hopeful of more people coming on. So speaking about people coming on, I posted, I've done the Jockey Scott interview. That'll be great. So our audio boy, audio boy, he's <laughs> an audio guy, um, he's just got to kind of go around it all and make sure everything's sounding fine and all that. And then I've got a release day. It's a cracker. Jockey's had plenty of stories to tell. Absolutely fantastic person to speak to. Right. Um yeah, so it was fun. It was great to, to work with him. And like you say, he gave us a wee text. When's it coming on? So, Jockey's got texting us. Doesn't get any better than that. So, um, <laughs> few more people on the pipeline. No saying any names. Uh, hopefully, get them on. Charlie Adams says he wants to come on on Twitter. So, you can't even wow. do for that. Um, though, I'll message him. And he's rubber does. So. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll maybe hear what we Tommy Young at Dundee and see if he can gears players to come on. Um, Cami Kerr might be a good in because he's his testimonial. Just flinging a few names out there. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think, well, who if you can get somebody on for Dundee, who would you want on? Hmm. Who would I want? Current squad or management or you know what? I hate Boyer. I yeah. think I think he'd I really like Boyer and he's you know pre match, post match interviews. I think he's I think he's brilliant. Like it was like we were saying, you know, with George the other week, you know, he, he's very positive, he's very open with his his interviews, you know, you get a lot of information from him. Um I think he'd be great. Um to actually I'd like to ask him, you know, if he's himself personally has noticed like him coming in Right, say individually meeting the players, you know, from that day to now, you know, has he seen you know big you know changes in you know their their attitudes, mentalities, and things like that? I think I think that'd be I think that'd be class. Like, well, there you go. So whoever listens to this pod, the whole thirty is <laughs> when you listen to it, tag Tommy in it, saying you want Gary Boyer on to the podcast. <laughs> Like anybody, anybody affiliated to the club, you know, would be great. You know, mm-hmm. even the I don't know, get the stadium announcer or something. <laughs> stadium announcer. <laughs> well, no, would, any anybody associated to the club, it would be great. Um, even to again, just to see, you know, how things have changed since kind of you know last season's shit show, you know, to mm-hmm. now, you know, it'd, it'd be interesting to hear it from somebody that's you know on it, you know, doing it. Like or within the club on a daily basis, be great mm-hmm. to hear their insight. Well, hopefully, hopefully we get a couple of boys in. Um, I put the word out, so let's just wait and see. Um, Jordan Marshall. 
<laughs> You'd need to stop drinking before you came on. Yeah, probably. Stay sober. That's only my have, first one. Have we, have we got Jordan Marshall? I would say we'll do it, we'll do it face-to-face. Yeah, in a room, in a padded cell. <laughs> then I'd put, the, I'd put the mic down, just run out and leave him with you. <laughs> I'd get absolutely killed. <laughs> He's solid. <laughs> but we'll be back. Well, I'm just going to, I think that's about now, eh? So we'll be back next week. Uh, sp- speak about the Arbroath game and then we'll um, preview the up-and-coming Falkirk game. Yep. We'll know how much time to plug that, but we'll speak about the Falkirk game. And then whatever game happens after that, it's totally left my Morton, maybe. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, so we'll do that. Maybe have another guest on next week um, to speak about the Falkirk game. We'll wait and see how that pans out. But, mm-hmm. Paul, thanks for coming on. Um, no worries. Yeah, Sean, he's he's away. But, again, thanks for coming on, Sean. Thanks, um, Sean. Fantastic insight into the riff and the game and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah. We'll uh, see you next week.